All right, so I have this new plan where I think I can read. I've written this section, this cold open on Matt Hancock to sound like a newscaster. And I think I might be able to do it. Commenting on the government's controversial rescue plan for embattled short-haul carrier Flybe, Health Secretary Matt Hancock said he believes the public can carry on flying as before, despite the declared climate emergency. Asked if people should be flying less because of the climate catastrophe following the controversial bailout of Flybe, he replied simply, nope. 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 There it is. There it is. Nope. Next question. Now, there is a bit you want to get into about Matt Hancock's theory of flight. We... The health secretary continued, should use technology to reduce carbon emissions. For instance, electric planes are a potential in the not-too-distant future. Distant. Fuck! <laughs> this motherfucker said distant. <laughs> I, too, want to live in the distant future. I was doing so well. Anyway, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt Hancock uh, is now being like, wait, electric planes! Mm. This is basically some Steven Pinker cloud ships shit. I mean, I legitimately think that huge dirigibles that operate on... I don't know, like like fuel cells are more likely than making planes electric. Yes, absolutely. There is one universe where this has happened, and it is the universe of Neon Genesis Evangelion, <laughs> oh, where the machines were charged by electricity, but like one of the, the famous parts of like the f- original episodes was that they could only operate for like 10 minutes before they had to like power up they had again. to have their power cables connected <laughs> yeah. to them. So the planes will all be tethered to Earth somehow. Yeah, so, so it would work, but they would have to take like, 10 minute stops <laughs> or 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 following each plane around it is again hooked by a power cable to a train and <laughs> also going the same speed it's going the same speed as the plane i would say that it's Evan- obvious evangelion had a very cavalier attitude towards destroying buildings wholesale and not really addressing the damage of that cost and so i imagine that this is the same sort of universe because no, the Hancock whole the whole city in. in that show was designed to be destroyed and rebuilt right that was like mm. the whole purpose of it so in this matt hancock universe like i don't know that city will exist but it will like be like Hull. Yeah, it's, Matt it's, Hancock's constituency designed to be rebuilt every ten minutes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 um Lon- London three, but it's just instead of being destroyed by the angels and Evangelions, it's just repeatedly destroyed by the inane schemes of Matt Hancock and Liz Truss. However, broken buildings are more fun to do parkour over. So. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to this free episode of Trash Future, that podcast you're listening to right now. I am in the basement here with Hussein. Hi. Uh, Nate on the boards. Hello. Uh, Alice calling in from catastrophic apocalyptic Glasgow. Yes, that's right. Uh, Storm Brendan has like washed over us and now everything is under like 40 feet of water. 40 and, feet of water. But and everyone's turning trans as a result. Of course, yeah. yes. But it's Storm Brendan is, is de- deluging Glasgow with water and saying, why do all these buildings not want me to let the let me wet all the people inside? I think it's discrimination against a storm. Get Gale Force 1984. <laughs> um, and we also have joining us today, a uh, friend of the show, Tristan Cross. Tristan, how's it going? Uh, it's going all right. Thanks for having me. I love that, that reconsider. <laughs> the, um... I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go early 2000s beer commercial, but yeah. then I'm gonna say just something very nice. Well, that's my my normal polite opening to people. Yeah, um, I love that. It's but- just it's just a Pavlovian kind of response I have. Well, I, I personally, I think um, we could I'm not all doing a bit. I'm just we, we could all do to learn a little bit more from the state WhatsApp of Parliament. 
Um, however, great segue. We have a lot going on today. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit of uh, a little bit of, of investment nonsense, uh, as I always love to do because I've I've really I've gone deep on another S one filing, uh, and I'm very excited to share that with you. And also. We've decided today we're going to meet our new overlords. Uh, we have some profiles of the um, interesting cast of characters uh, of the new Tory MPs that have been elected in former Labour strongholds mm. in the North and Midlands. Yes, and I teased boy, this. I teased this on the stream on election night, the Doom stream, where I said that I was excited to find out what all of their new foibles were. There are so many foibles. They're they're all foibles. Mm. It's it's. We just, we—it's just a, a, just a bunch of guys who've like never, who've like never worn a suit that fits. All of whom have like that sort of strange bowl haircut, but in their forties, and they all, all of them, um, just have different kinds of business that should be illegal and like are exploiting just constantly, like manifold different loopholes in labor laws. Uh, one of them uh, also seems to have a payday lender, so we'll get to that. Awesome. Um, so, but first let's, uh, well, I don't know if it's a payday lender. It's sort of, it seems to occupy the same space. We'll get there. However, first we have to talk about Casper, uh, the $1.1 billion loss making mattress podcast subsidizer. <laughs> how is this a, how is this a company? It's just one ghost. Um, now, so this, uh, yeah, but it's a friendly ghost. They had building that brand. Hmm. Um, I'll never forget this, and I'm just going to say it now when you because I want people to look at this in the context of Casper's enormous marketing budget, which I know you'll get into. Despite their enormous marketing amounts of money, they did a bus campaign in London, and they didn't think to change the text or the copy to suit the pronunciation in Britain of the letter Z. So all of their the whole theme of the ad was like it's a breeze to catch some Z's, except people in Britain would say Z's. It's a bread. It no it's a it's a bread <laughs> to catch some Z's and and it's just no don't care just yeah. dropping money on TFL ads. Yeah, look, it's the most rational system for allocation of resources. <laughs> so you're about to alienate a, a potential revenue stream. Oh no, we already reached out to them and they were like too busy kind of funding the Pod Save America Empire. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. Um, they were like, how many of you are called like Tommy? And we were like, no one. None. And mm. they, they just like shut the door on us. Yeah. They were like, look. <laughs> Is it Tom's? It's, it's, it's the John. John. The John. It's the, okay, the yes. John. No, Sorry. But none, of, none of whom have an H in the, in the name. But sadly, there was a, they, they were already fielding a call on hold from Ian Dunt trying to get it to finance the Romaniacs. <laughs> so. Oh, Casper Mattresses would totally finance the Romaniacs. Can't, fact, can't wait the for the Romaniacs gaming stream. That's going to be great. <laughs> I worry I, about I, I the Romaniacs. Like, I, I feel like we, we joke about them, but I think at, like this year the Romaniacs will kind of transform into something like absolutely chaotic, mm. and no one like none of us are expecting. Well, they were already Romaniacal. Kind of. They right. they are they're at the limit of Romania. And I don't know where they go from here now that it, it can't happen. Yeah. It's, it's going to go to some weather but underground They're afflicted shit. by this, this condition, and I don't know what they can do. I feel like the only thing they can do at this point is either like pivot to like full transphobia or like become even like just go like full tanky. Mm. I mean, they could become the Rejoiniacs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, or they could just become the Remain of Frenics. Um, so back to Casper. 
Uh, this is from the overview of their S-1 form, which just to remind everyone, that's like the big piece of paperwork you have to submit to the Securities and Exchange Commission in the States if you want to become a publicly traded company. The sex one, to prove that you've had sex. <laughs> yes, yes, Hussein. The sex one form. No virgins on the NASDAQ. <laughs> Only chads. Um, so... We believe sleep is rapidly becoming the third pillar of wellness and is poised to undergo <laughs> the same massive nutrition. That's yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's charity for the Hajj sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Drink water. Big yeah. beats, party all the time. Yeah. Sleep. Crystals. Yeah. Crystals Look, is one of them. I love it. Just, just getting that shirt from Human Traffic that's eat, sleep, rave, repeat, and it's like, Look, we've been focusing too much on the rave element. We're what moving about that up. That's getting bumped to second. Yeah. Sleep. <laughs> Let's move to third. Yeah. Yeah. Eat, eat rave, sleep, sleep. Uh, so we believe sleep is rapidly becoming the third pillar of wellness and is poised to undergo the same massive transformation that fitness and nutrition have. Um, you know, as I think as markets, mm. um, but like, I think that's a fundamental misunderstanding of like, Fitness, which requires a lot of different varied equipment. No, Nutrition, it, which requires a lot of different the, varied the, things. The way that capital has managed to like transform these things is just by fitting them into tubs. You just get a mm. tub of like powder that gets you your fitness, and you get a tub of powder that gets you your um, nutrition. So, yeah, where is my sleep tub? <laughs> Where's my mm. tub of sleep? Well, wither the so, sleep tub. Well, well here's they, the thing, Alice. They do, I believe, no, they are very close to no, making fuck, a sleep tub. Fuck off. I will not fuck off. I will instead say, as the wellness equation increasingly evolves to include sleep, <laughs> so so we've gone from like tech theory methodology mm. to like Schrodinger's nap. Like, fucking point was sleep not considered important because there was, it was actually. I I would argue in like the tech kind of bubble that we're in, like it wasn't actually that long ago where it was kind of there was that whole thing of like you can survive on five hours of sleep exercise can replace sleep so why don't you sleep for two hours less and yeah. go for a run well thatcher did um, three hours and yeah she that's... rarely did anything you know and, yeah. and she was great she was she just she sub, was like super suboptimal yeah. she was like super We're productive like... she took her like creatine it was all good <laughs> she was getting yoked she's getting well, mad sleep thatcher is such a cursed fucking bitch <laughs> <laughs> Let's say, i mean else? pretty patel is basically like wellness thatcher right oh, not wrong <laughs> yeah Oh man! Well, that's a new category of person. I will like, even though it's a, it's not a category of guy, and as much as not a category no. of man, I'm lumping it into kinds of category of guy. Yeah, capital G guy is. I feel yeah. like that's that's not a gendered thing. You've no. you've discovered a new guy. <laughs> guy get. Mm. Uh, so. Uh, as the wellness equation increasingly evolves to include sleep, the business of sleep is growing and evolving into what we call the sleep economy. Is this a Markov chain of Frank Drake? <laughs> or I would think is, this sounds like something that you they put in like a, a sort of really hacky cyberpunk novel. Like, um, mm. yeah, there was the da the daily the like there was the there was a day economy, but but then council cowboys and and net jackers sold their services in the <laughs> sleep economy. Sort of like like the airport books version of like a William Gold or where, um what's his name uh, um I, I can't remember the name of the Gibson. author who wrote William, William Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of like a competitor to Neuromancer, but it's just really badly written. Mm. We are helping to accelerate this transformation. Our mission is to... Joe, so there's some wordplay here. See if you catch it. Our mission is to awaken the potential of a well-rested world. I got it because you did a big hand gesture. I didn't realize the world. that you did 
like dumb marketing shit for an S1 filing. Like I didn't realize even when you're like talking oh, yeah. to the SEC, you're like, we want to talk about vibes. Yes, vibes you absolutely are Because you're basically trying to tell them that you're a real company doing a real thing. And also, it's not just that you're giving that to the SEC. It's also the official prospectus that goes out to potential investors. This, this is WeWork's fault, isn't it? Ever since they invented uh, like measuring vibes as an indicator of commercial success, everyone's just been vibing. Um, it, it just it also like what our mission is to awaken the potential of a well-rested world by doing what differently? Um, sleep I, I was, mattresses. I was just gonna say because I'm gonna forget this if I don't say this like right now. But Nick Clegg was actually the guy who like brought measuring vibes into the British government because one of his like big things when the coalition government first happened was that like he created like a small unit that was designed like him and Cameron created this unit that was designed to like measure <laughs> the five uh, unit what? The, the, well they wanted to measure happiness they wanted to measure like how happy people were but like there was basically no information about how they would do it but it, like they invested like a lot of money i think they ha- they had like seconded people from like these uh like UCL research institute to measure happiness and i don't think anything came out the only tool they it. had was calipers <laughs> <laughs> but they like I was just thinking about this now. Like he was the guy who brought in measuring vibes into into government. Huh. I mean, outsider's perspective, but I don't really know if I would want to calibrate my vibe meter or my happiness meter on Britain as like you know the standard <laughs> measurement. This fuck it, like, fucking this Moscow. This might not be the best baseline model to go off of. Fucking yeah. Moscow. They send us shitty equipment. Um. Okay. So here's the uh, here's the next next paragraph. It's going to give everyone listening a prion disease. Hmm. We have endeavored to build a brand that is genuine, trustworthy, and approachable, as well as fun and playful. Through our investment in a sophisticated and integrated marketing strategy, like how they forgot to localize their ads for UK buses, or how their whole strategy just seems to be giving a bunch of money to the Pod Save America Johns, uh, or like the the, the three soy-faced McElroy brothers. I'm I'm very into you just calling... I know there actually are Johns, but I'm just into the idea of you calling things Johns like you're from Philadelphia. (laughs) <laughs> no, I was thinking more like the Pod Save America, John's. Like, there's actually like, it's like a front for a prostitution business. What? There's <laughs> a front for them buying, <laughs> buying sex work. I mean, okay, you so never know. Here's allegedly, the bit, here's the bit that's going to give you a prion disease. We engage customers across the entire consumer journey from our iconic public <laughs> transit advertising campaigns, subliminal, get some, subliminal, get some zeds. superliminal, to our nap mobiles. <laughs> no. That's, what? That doesn't sound safe. You'd it have... sounds like something you'd get kidnapped in. I was going to say the exact. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. that that's like a cutesy way of. I think it sounds pretty cool. I mean, the nap- in theory, the Napmobile should work really well in the UK, right? Yeah. If you, if there's a way for me to move around while I'm asleep, mm-hmm. which I presume this is what a Napmobile is, <laughs> just invented sleepwalking. Well, yes. From, from what? From well, like a kind of like a bed that's also a a, a or one of those ubers that runs on ai that's what is a, a natmobile yeah i mean that's that would be a at least a useful kind of natmobile but in this case i actually have um i i have taken a uh, a little bit of of press coverage of what the natmobile was like in london i sidled up to a sleek wooden desk and talked to a nap concierge who was standing <laughs> next to a silver hotel call bell all the employees uh, wearing Casper-branded like, clothing were uh, scurrying around fluffing pillows and tidying sheets were sporting classic starched PJ tops and red piping. So it's like it's like Willy Wonka, but for going to bed in the middle of the day in like Canary Wharf. Wes so Anderson. Yeah, it's like Soul Cycle for Sleep if designed by Wes Anderson. But what's the, mo- 
the mobile aspect. Well, it's a it's like a it's like a truck that goes around <laughs> with some some sh- mattresses in it that you're supposed to sleep on. So it's not mobile while ah. you're asleep. So it's, it just okay. So it's so like when a, Casper does it, van. it's like when Casper does it, it's like entrepreneurship and innovative. But when I do it, it's getting arrested. It's kidnapping. <laughs> this isn't mob stuff, right? It's a truck it's full child of mattresses. Crimes. <laughs> Each pod was loaded with a full-size mattress, crisp sheets, and a wooden white color scheme that conjures a slick spa or Scandinavian house. Think of a miniature IKEA room on wheels. Every ten minutes, staffers gently woke anyone who dozed off. What? Inventing sleeping in your car. <laughs> <laughs> but what? They also wake you up. Yeah. Yes. In- in- inventing sleep so you- deprivation. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so it's quite autonomous for- conditions. Isn't it- yeah? You're- if you nap, isn't it? There's like the like if you fall asleep for like. Five minutes, you shouldn't be woken up. Isn't there like an amount of time that if you get woken up, I think that, there's like a, a lot conspiracy of conspiracy by big nap. Is it? There's a, no, there's a lot of like sleep myths, and I think that one was like debunked because okay. like there's uh, everyone's like sleep cycle is like inherently different. But from what I like remember, because I edited like something on this a while ago, like short periods of sleep are not good, right? That's why yeah, Jack like, Dorsey has been like driven completely insane by living like, only like, on yeah. micro sleeps. Like my, I, I, my, I love my, to basically, yeah. for health reasons, do the Ipcris file on myself. <laughs> just constantly get woken up every ten minutes. My, so you go to yeah. a wait. You go to like a big burger van full of mattresses. You <laughs> someone else's car. You sleep in it for ten minutes. You go out your way to it, and then they wake you up, and you have to leave. Correct. And you get you get muscled out of the sleep RV by people <laughs> dressed up in twee pajamas. Uh, there's also a wall-mounted phone where you can listen to the people reading bedtime stories to you. Wasn't this one point one billion dollars? Wasn't one point one billion dollars for some infantilizing nonsense? It's a it's a crime van. It's a. It's a <laughs> This no. is this is this this is a pedophilia front. I'm just gonna yes, say the, 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 there's gotta be some kind of money laundering in here. <laughs> oh no, here's the thing, Nate. It is money laundering, but in a very in a legal way, which I'll get into oh, so uh, in, in a in moment. A boring way. Yeah, exactly. It's it is effectively money laundering, but it's completely I, I, legal. I want this to be an illegal money laundering thing. It would be cooler. I want a guy gonna, yeah. in a bellhop outfit with like a roll of hundred dollar bills just like yeah, peeling want, them off. If they start you get in the the sleep mobile mm-hmm. and then they just drive off while you're yeah, in it. Yeah, it's like the fucking the end of the Long hostage. Good Friday. Like the, the <laughs> fucking IRA come out with a pistol. <laughs> <laughs> I just well, like the idea that someone lost an entire container ship full of mattresses and no one's wise about it. And so they're like, what are we going to do with all these fucking mattresses? <laughs> I don't know, man. Make some sleep fans or some shit. Well, I mean, this, uh, this is downstream of the upholstery thing from OYO. This is where it all ended up. I'm just thinking, like, I, Alice, you had that, that, that really good thread about where you asked people to post up businesses that they thought were obvious fronts. Mm-hmm. I just love the idea that Casper is just like, some some like like Mediterranean restaurant in South Kensington that got way out of hand as a clear yes. money laundering front. Yes, it, but it, it is very much the fish and chip shop that opened above a brothel to provide cover, and the brothel was not successful, but the fish and chip place was. Since the release of our first product, the award-winning Casper Mattress, we have expanded into pillows, sheets, duvets, bedroom furniture, sleep accessories, sleep technology... And sleep services. I, so, Alice, your tub of sleep is probably not far behind. I, I, I want to think about the mattress awards. I want to think about what comedian they got to do the mattress awards. <laughs> oh, it was also Ricky Gervais, and he said the same Epstein jokes. 
I uh, I don't want to disrupt the flow, Riley, but I was going to say just a really quick aside. This seems to be like a trend because living in New York, there was a thing like this too. This the Quip uh, electric toothbrush. Yeah, you mentioned this to me the and other the, day, and they're not it's worth going good. into. They look they look kind of sleekly designed, but they're actually a shit product, and all of their money is just spent on on advertising. Like you know, you walk into a subway car in New York, and it's every single billboard in there, every single ad is just one company. It's just Quip or it's Casper or whatever, and it's like. It's it's crazy to me that the idea is like we have this award winning product. Like, I've never heard anybody be like, "Oh, I love my Casper mattress." Like for one, it's a fucking mattress. You know, when you hear people say that, you hear soy face guys say that on like the Funko Pop review hour. That's true. This is the be- this is the best mattress for your wife's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys, you know, you're part of your podcast set. Mm. You know, you're, you're in your your basements just riffing about, uh, you know, politics and the world today. But if you go. To the places I go, the kind of everyman pub, we just chat mainly about Casper mattresses. We just <laughs> that's that's what it's like in towns. Yeah, yeah, man. Jess Jess Phillips says, "Ah, oh, you London elites just want to sleep on your floor in your five bedroom house with no with no lounge." Well, we in Bur- we in yeah, if we go to Wigan, yeah. me and Lisa and Andy will hold court for a good few hours about the amount of sleep we're about to get. On our delicious Casper mattress. Is it even a particularly good-looking mattress? Like how? Oh, Alice, we'll get into that. Okay. But this isn't the without interrupting it. Yes, indeed. Please. Isn't there like a few other basically identical Casper mattress companies? There's Eve. Yep. I feel like Purple I've, Labs. Purple Labs. I feel like on Purple the tube. Something. Most of like every other advert it seems like it's for the same company, but it is different mattresses. But it's most of the mattresses are from the same manufacturers, right? So they're all because none of these people, none of these companies, actually own any of the infrastructure to produce the mattresses. They just buy it from third parties. Usually, the third parties selling the, the same thing. Yeah. So this is sort of like the all the canned tomatoes in America are the same from the same producer. They're just branded differently with different labels, it, but for mattresses. Your, your your Simpsons reference. It is the pipe that goes into three pipes: Duff, Duff Light, and Duff Zero. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so getting, I come to that in a bit, but sort of getting back on this as well. So they say, we design and engineer our products in-house at Casper Labs. We employ a team of data-driven researchers. So the researchers themselves, they are data-driven. Um, uh, designers and engineers focused on building a better night's sleep through innovative products, such as our wave mattress with hyper-targeted support technology. It's... Don't know what that means. Um, and revolutionary glow light, which is designed to synchronize with the body's circadian rhythm, and was named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of 2019. Incredible! Wow. A, a, a night light and a, yeah. a MIT Media Lab shit. Waterbed. Uh, so basically, this is where I get to. Everything in this prospectus is trying to obfuscate one simple problem: people buy mattresses relatively infrequently, once a decade, if that. All the secondary shit they say in the previous paragraph. Only, and I've, I read a bunch of analyst reports about this, only 16% of the people who buy a mattress from Casper ever go on to purchase a second product from Casper. And so, like, if this company doesn't make a profit during their first round of selling people the one mattress they'll use for a decade, then what will happen once they saturate that market and can't sell them a second product for what? 10 years. Oh, and by the way, in their first initial round of selling everyone the big ticket upfront item... They have lost a total of like $232 million. It's a mattress company. It's not a technology company. That Mattress companies have been profitable in the past. The, the funny thing is that like mattresses are 
a, literally a textbook example of a grudge purchase. It's so weird that they're advertising them in this kind of like friendly sort of way when everyone hates buying a mattress because it's mm. it's expensive enough that you have to like not go for a cheaper thing for it, but you hate it. And you just end up feeling resentful and shitty about the whole process. So I have like a kind of anecdote because like, so you know Casper used to have like its own magazine as well. Yeah, what was it called? So <laughs> yes, and and it, and, it, and it went bust, and it went bust because of like layoffs and like you know lack of union morale. No, um, they only like ran for a few issues. Van um, Winkle, that's what it was called. That's such a stupid name. Um, but it was like they wanted to do all these like feature, like features, right, right, like writing about um, like sleep, right? And like their first issues are really, really good. Um, but I think it was just like they kind of created this. They wanted to kind of create this brand around sleep without really like necessarily understanding it. And I think it kind of hits to this point about when people buy a mattress, like they're not buying it in the same way that they would buy like a razor blade, right? Where like. Are you standing for uh, for there, companies that sell razor blades? I, huh? I, sta- I, sta- I stand for no company except for the dick sucking factory. <laughs> um, but no, like for all the problems of said razor blade company that may or may not run a magazine, <laughs> like you know, people buy razor blades like semi regularly. Matt, they don't do that with mattresses, right? I yeah. don't think there, there's someone that says that like you should buy a new mattress every six months. I don't think that people really do that. No. Well, so um, here's how. Here's the who says that? Right. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that who says people... that other than the the magazine you've been buying. <laughs> I, 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 I think the thing is that you're supposed to rotate the mattress every six months. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's fine. Damn, yeah. this, that's where all my money's going to. Um, uh, Tristan, you were yeah. going to say something. So I yeah. guess yeah, you on that kind of you don't. I guess like a lot of advertising is so you remember when you have to come to that begrudging purchase, like, oh, who is that one company I can yeah, trust? Yeah, oh, yeah, that brand, I recognize it. Even if it's a 10-year, it's not like a car. Yeah. It's not like a phone. No one's, I, yeah, I find the fact they're heavily, like, saturated so heavily on the underground as if someone might, on a whim, be like, actually, I would quite like a new mattress. I'd love I'm, to catch some Zeds. Yeah, I, it, it's a strange one that feels like I don't know especially when most people are renting, like who, what landlords don't provide mattresses? I know some bad ones do is the answer, but that you would carry a mattress throughout like your 10 years of living in and out of London or yeah. wherever metropolitan center. I, I would throw that in, that in uh, bringing the perspective of just living in New York is that most places don't provide furniture because of bed bugs being such a huge problem that like sharing, getting an old mattress, like even I've lived in London for almost two years, but like, it's frightening to me if I'm in a place where, like, I because of the, the prevalence of bed bugs in New York. So it's weird because obviously, like, there's that's a market in America. That doesn't mean there's a market here for that. So the idea that you can just drop that here and you can somehow be like, oh, yes, lots of young people in London want to spend their disposable income on mattresses. Like, first of all, unless, no, they don't. Secondly, like, they can't really. Unless they like, import if, the bed bugs. Mm. <laughs> so, well, is, yeah, yeah, just why e- every got- Casper mattress comes preloaded with a pound of bed bugs. I guess, no. yeah, this is, I was thinking, so one of the company, ways that companies that have, like, you sell a long-term product that you have to use for 10 years, you, you build in obsolescence. Yes, it just has a capsule of bed bugs. Yeah, that release every six months or so. Um, <laughs> also, like, here's the thing, right? All, but all of the language in this prospectus is trying to obfuscate this one fact that, that you're bringing up. That it it's contains all trying to a say, capsule of no, bed no, no, bugs. No. 
<laughs> so they say, we believe that the way they do that is they have to invent a bunch of stupid nonsense that they just sort of make up. So they say, we believe that sleep consists of more than just the act of sleeping. Uh, okay. Hey, what if when you slept, actually it was like a bunch of stuff also around that, and instead includes the entire set of human behaviors that span from bedtime to wake up and affect sleep quality? This is what we refer to as the sleep arc. <laughs> Or, what are the behaviors? The, 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 moral, the moral sleep Being arc alive. of the universe is long, but it bends towards buying a new mattress. Do people, <laughs> do people still believe that like, if you put on um, like a learn German tape through the night, that by osmosis that you will get German? Um, I'm sure that Casper would be happy to sell you one. I tried to do that once for um for a language exam, and it did not help me in the exam. But it did give me some really weird dreams because, like <laughs> you, so because you end up in like a period of like not quite being asleep but not quite being awake. So like hearing these sounds is kind of but in like a particular type of vol like a level of volume, like really kind of fucks with like your kind of brain patterns during that time. So you you wake up really fucked up and you still fail your exam. Uh, this is this is back to the S1 overview. Uh, in the first five years, Casper experienced rapid growth. We believe our consumer-focused, innovative products, a mattress and a bunch of other shit no one buys, and multi-channel go-to-market strategy, so fucking up your localization catastrophically in a major new market, and then just giving the Pod Save America Johns a bunch of money, uh, differentiate us both from legacy competitors and new entrants. So... Um, Tristan, as you as you mentioned, like sort of what's the what's the market for this? Lots of people don't buy new mattresses. That's why the company um, this year alone lost sixty seven million dollars on three hundred twelve million of revenue, and its revenue growth rate has fallen in half over the past year. And it has got two hundred twenty three million in, in a lifetime losses since it started in the sort of early teens. Uh, but it's also important to note. Like I said earlier, that none of these expenses relate to the creation of mattresses by Casper, because Casper's production and distribution is exclusively through third parties. So Casper is not so much a loss-making mattress company as a loss-making mattress marketing company. You were right. It is a podcast subsidy. Well, uh, this is this is from Neil Saunderson, who's um, an analyst or a, a director rather at Global Data Retail. It's one of the reports I looked at. The company is quote deeply unprofitable because the way it has acquired customers has been through expensive marketing. It has made huge losses, and there's no sign it can turn things around in the near future. Awesome, <laughs> how, but it's how, going to IPO. How much are Casper mattresses? Uh, they range from. I think three hundred and twenty-nine dollars for a single to just over two thousand for their most expensive model. And are they selling them cheaper than a normal mattress company? No, they're a premium mattress. They're a premium mattress. So yeah, <laughs> I, I'm struggling with it. Right, yeah, that's two thousand pounds on a mattress. Well, dollars American. That's I mean, still like yeah, fifteen hundred pounds on a mattress. That's a lot. I feel like the kind of person if you're at the point in your life where you have an unfurnished flat or you own a place and you have to furnish it like. You, you probably have a lot of options and you aren't necessarily going to be swayed by a tube ad that makes it seem like your life will be better if you buy this one mattress. Mm. It's, just, it's, just, it's just also, do they even have showrooms? Like, uh, well, they, that's, they did the weird thing where they were like, okay, okay, we now have to get bricks and mortar stores. So it's like, wait, your innovative, disruptive online-only strategy that allowed you to cut out the middleman and go direct to consumers to pass some savings onto them for a quality product is now being augmented by that thing that you said that you hated and was the past and you didn't want to do anymore. Like, that's the thing is if people are going to spend money on mattresses, typically they would go to a place where they could buy it like all the crazy upselling notwithstanding like we we will get into that as to how they how ah. they get around that that problem because how they get around it is stupid. Oh yeah, oh and this is the huge loss making thing. Okay, please, please. So, but you, carry you, carry you it just on. just go to a showroom and it's just an iPad with a website in it. 
It's just an episode of Pod Save America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the um, before we get into into how they're, some of the ways in which their business model is super fucked, I also want to go into how they're getting their investment. Because uh, Casper has tons of investment from traditional Sand Hill Road venture capitalists, which is basically just a way of like laundering Saudi oil money, but also a lot of celebrities. So in 2014, the company received $13 million of Series A funding, including investments from Ashton Kutcher, fashion designer Stephen Allen, and the investment group of the musical artist Nas. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, if I remember correctly, Bono owns like a shopping center in Slovakia for some reason. So I mean, weirder <laughs> things have happened. Series- I mean, like Jar ja Rule, like, you know, by, 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 this, by this kind of, it's not as bad as Jar ja Rule. No, no, it's not that, but... Series B included participation from Tobey Maguire and Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> so half the pussy posse. <laughs> Scooter Braun, Justin Bieber's old manager, and Adam Levine from Maroon 5. That's a lot of like chain necklaces in one room. I mm. <laughs> That's a, just a lot a lot of guys who are trying to like explain their tattoos to like That's, the Zoomer um, yeah, administrative a, assistant a, who's a, not a, listening. Our, our Series B funding comes from like the only people who buy and wear those leather cuff bracelets. Oh my god! So basically, like the best way to see Casper is like a way for different celebrities to support the Democratic Party in America above normal fundraising limits by channeling their donations to Pod Save America through an elaborate mattress front company. <laughs> it's a Pod Save America speakeasy. That's incredible. Uh, and also, I think it's now time for me to explain a very boring concept from finance, and this is going to go into the returns thing, uh, that will be very illustrative of why, after 2012 in America, it is so legally easy for a mattress marketing company to make an IPO exactly like a tech startup. It started with something called the Jobs Act, which, come on, name, name at least like Bernie called his the Stop Bezos Act, that was cool, but the Jobs Act, fuck off, which created a category of company called an emerging growth company. And basically, every company now is starting up as an emerging growth company. So it's a, And this is to do with the way in which you file an IPO and you sell shares to um, private investors before then in, in startup um, capital raising rounds and to retail investors after you make an IPO. So what is an emerging growth company? So they've taken this from Lexus. Under the Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act, the Jobs Act, uh, which was passed in April 2012, a company qualifies as an EGC if at the time of its IPO, total gross annual revenues were less than $1 billion during its most recently completed fiscal year. So every company. Yes. I I know that sounds very boring, but it's incredibly important. Uh, EGC status affords an issuer to uh, the ability to enjoy certain reduced disclosure requirements, including providing fewer years of audited fi- financials and reduced compensation disclosure for top executives and reduced corporate governance requirements, particularly around internal controls on financial reporting and say on pay executive pay advisory votes. That's... So it's basically, if you can class yourself as an emerging growth company, you don't have to tell any of your investors where much of your money is going, and they have very little oversight of how much you pay yourself. And almost everything is, is an emerging growth company. Like, and, the, the criteria yeah. seems to be if it is a day ending in day when you incorporate. Yes. If you're going to be disruptive or innovative, and you have this case that you're going to be a unicorn to go over a billion, it's there you go. It, it, this is the most fucking Obama administration policy I've ever heard of just the the SEC, which is already a totally captured regulatory agency. 
the idea that like they can still impose like a handful of things like auditing on you and you just show up in your turtleneck and say I have a turtleneck fuck off I'm a tech company and so is my wife then uh, how I I uh, we broke Alice yeah I I I I don't I don't understand well here's the thing you in order to understand this is half the equation the other half is you remember when we ever talk about this, we say, look, the goal is to become a monopolist. And a lot of the time, if you don't become if you become a monopoly, then you can do an IPO and make tons of money. Or if you become if you fail to become a monopoly, you can do an IPO and then with these reduced disclosure requirements, flog off your dog shit stock onto pension funds and retail investors. So Ashton Kutcher gets to get out basically without losing much money, but then like, I don't know, the nurses union Len basically subsidizes his losses. I'm sure this will work out fine. Uh, yeah. N- absolutely no consequences for this in uh, I, I, six to 12 months. I was going to say, as, as we know, the music never stops. There are always <laughs> enough chairs. Everybody uh, should just keep buying the fucking, like, 1928 model Duesenbergs. Yeah, it's exactly. It all just goes up, and so long as it keeps going up, it's fine. So, Nate, this is where we get into the return policy thing. Uh, this is sort of the end, which is... All of what Casper's financial statements indicate is that refunds, returns, and discounts cost the company $80 million. <laughs> so the, the product's bad. Well, it's that they have... They, because when they you bro- buy a mattress, yeah. how often do you take it back? Mm. Like how bad does that... Ma- like, I feel like... You- Here's the fun part. is that They basically have these terms where you can do that at no cost within a certain period. Oh. You, you, so but then sure, you would warranty. have to get another mattress. I, ha- from I hate to hack other- my mattress uh- and fucking void my warranty. Well, c- considering that all of the mattress companies are selling the same product, just the different marketing. And they, but the one thing they have to do is because Matt, again, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of boring economics here because I think it's necessary. Mattresses are what are called in economics a post-experience good. So there are pre-experience goods where you can like know that this plane, tr- this plane journey is going to take me from here to here in this following amount of time. I can, and I can shop around between them effectively because I can say, well, this one's cheaper, this one's more expensive, blah, blah, blah. This one's sh- shorter hours for some reason, etc. A mattress, is a p- that's pre-experience. Post-experience means you can't really rate how much you're going to like it until you've actually had it. So, for example, that's a mattress. It's, it's comfortable. It's, if it fits my body, if it's sort of idiosyncratically, I like it. And so if you're selling a post-experience good, but through the internet, then you basically have to have an incredibly generous return policy or no one's going to want to buy it. And so all of these companies that are trying to disrupt mattress retail, for some reason, they're all doing it. I don't know why mattresses, but they're all doing it. They all have to have these return policies, which basically mean that enterprising customers can daisy chain a bunch of them together and never have to pay for any mattress at all. Finessing it. That's incredible. Yeah, that's that's that is the energy that we want to see in 2020. Is if we can't get like proletarian systems of like mutual aid, at least get a new mattress every six weeks. And so, in effect, Casper mattresses could be seen as one of two things: either a way for venture capitalist celebrities to subsidize the liberal podcasts that they like. Or a contest between consumers and venture capitalist celebrities to see who can scam who more and faster. We used to just hide cash between the mattresses, but now the mattress is your wallet constantly <laughs> rotating between providers. It, it, it is a mattress library. This is the GameStop thing. Remember the GameStop story? Yes, the, guy the first who, bank of GameStop. Yeah, the guy that uses GameStop, basically, that he buy, you, you buy games 
that are it's in pre-release and then you can basically get refunds and if you go to the store you can get your money back on a pre-release game that you've already got a credit for and they have to give it to you in cash or you can ask for it in cash so whatever he needs cash instead of going to the ATM he just returns the game that he's pre-bought and they have to give him cash it's that but for mattresses yes stealing sleep in a very literal sense mm. <laughs> uh, Tristan any final comments before we carry on to meeting our new overlords I'm trying to I'm sitting here Trying to walk it out. What's going on in the world? How long? What? Are, what are the? What are the return limits? Like how, days. hundred days. How many different companies are there? Dozens. How many podcasts are they sponsoring? <laughs> uh, they're sponsoring all the soy ones. Hmm. This this thing looks looks a bit like a pyramid. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like the detective in um, Usual Suspects, trying, smashing my coffee on the floor. <laughs> Think about this. Just the, the just process, the, the, I don't know why they've done it, but I know they've done it. Fucking Casper the fucking Soze Kevin's at it again. Casper <laughs> <laughs> Soze. He uh, he like stops limping, but it's in the form of a memory foam mattress slowly returning to. Shape. But so so why mattresses and why not any other product that you could I mean personally I think it's because um Casper mattresses just did this had success and then spawned dozens of imitators. It's the same thing with why Uber. So like I guess I, one more ex- explanation of a concept in economics uh which is consumer like dumping on consumers mm. um which is where basically it's not that piss dungeon pub thing it's a different thing. Um, where I, for one, like the former. Wait, wait. Can you explain the concept of the piss dungeon pub? There was a pub like, that where there was a guy in London yeah. who was he was using a urinal in a pub, and he was like, or actually, I think it was somewhere not in London, uh, and he thought he saw an eyeball and freaked out, and they he alerted staff, and it turned out someone had basically in the behind the building had knocked out part of the wall and had redone the pipe so they could just lie there and get pissed on. <laughs> yes. It's a there was a vice article work. about it. So, Maybe about 10, so 10 this years was a ago. disruptive industry like... Well, I think the, the best way to understand consumer dumping is kind of like the Piss Dungeon pub where um, just, you just see that the same thing... Put that the same on thing the happened preview. with Uber. <laughs> the same thing happened with uh, with Uber, right? Where there's this one company that's very very buzzy and very su- and very successful, even though they've never made any money. Um, and they have this one, the one model, which is GPS based rideshare, mm. rideshare. You know that they have also the labor market disruption, et cetera, et cetera. So what? How that works is that a bunch of venture capital money comes in and subsidizes journeys around London or whatever city you're in with Uber so that you, they can outcompete public transport and traditional cab providers, which have different, a different cost structure to do with like the capitalization required to get a medallion. So what then happens is that imitators come in. When the, so when Uber's VCs decide they want to stop subsidizing and want to see a profit from having gained this market share, then Uber's costs go up, but then other VCs see an opportunity to come in with a new subsidized rideshare program, Captain, Viavan, uh, whichever other ones, whatever, um, Lyft, and then those get subsidized. And so essentially what's happening is that we want subsidized transport around cities. It's just that when it's done privately, it's done through consumer dumping rather than publicly, which will attempt to like maximize the utility of the infrastructure to the people who are living in it. So what is different about... So I get the Uber one because they've, yeah. they've done GPS ride sharing, but the mattresses, what new thing have they added other than you buy it on the internet? Oh, that's... That's that. it? Yes. And they've, of all the products they could have done... Well, I think because mattresses are the it was mattresses were pinpointed as the highest cost consumer item, right? So that the highest cost consumer item that you just wouldn't a, ordinarily just a buy through Faberge financing. Just egg of a mattress. 
I, I, no, I think that's the point too, though, is that I think that there's a whole the kind of pseudoscience behind selling a mattress and trying to create the impression that the 400 pound mattress and the 600 pound mattress, which are probably materially identical, are there's something more valuable in it somehow. Mm. And so, like, yeah, this idea that you're creating this holistic sleep science wellness shit mm. to basically hawk a product that's identical to basically anything else. And the reason there are so many is that they're all imitating not even the actual success, just the hype of the original, which was Casper. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so, so I get, so the high price of the mattress in the first place is because probably not the cost of making the mattress, no. but the fact that you don't replace it very often. Yes, correct. And so by offering it at this even more higher cost, you assume it's better because oh, I'm stuck with it for 10 years. Correct. But then you aren't stuck with it because you're getting rid of it after 100 Look, okay. the eco- look, the economy's good, all right? This is <laughs> the economy rules. the efficiency of the market, uh, all right? Mm, That's how it yeah. works. Uh, so I've, I've done three boring concepts and economics explanations. I'm not going to do any more because I'd like to move us on to meeting our new overlords. So um, as, as Alice said, yes, I did. Uh, we are fulfilling her promise of getting to meet some of our new friends who we can get to know over the next couple of years. Foibles. Foibles. So many foibles. So these profiles I've cribbed from various ones to watch list. A couple of them are from the uh, the Guardian's uh, most controversial Tory MPs. Some of them are from like the Telegraph or Spectator. Great new Tory MPs. Fucking Guardian um, article is that. So I've been reading between the lines, and the only reason that none of these people are are sh- said to be QAnon freaks is that we just don't know which of the 2019 Tory MP intake are QAnon freaks yet. Yes, journalists, one, ask them about QAnon. One of them will be, mark my fucking words. Uh, so, but we'll start with an appetizer, because there's two categories. There's ones that are like kind of like displaying a lot of white nationalist leanings and others that are hilariously incompetent business people. <laughs> We're going to start, though, with one that's neither, which is the last Cameronian Tory <laughs> in existence. Good. You fucking laid this out so perfectly. <laughs> this is Danny Kruger, the son of TV chef Prue Leith. Kruger is a former aide to Boris Johnson and one-time speechwriter to David Cameron. Oh, remember <laughs> all of those great David Cameron lines? Like, <laughs> Well, uh, Alice... Well, Alice, no, no, Kruger, no, 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 no. Kruger wrote Cameron's infamous hug a hoodie speech. Uh, that's inf- inf- I barely remember that. Like it was I shit, but like <laughs> I was five into that one. Yes, uh, Tristan, you want to tell uh, tell the listening public about the hug a hoodie program? <laughs> well, in fairness to the conservative government, or they want the government, then the opposition. Uh, the hugger hoodie thing was in response to, I think, New Labour's absolutely dog shit ASBO, the antisocial behaviour order, uh, which basically made it criminal to do lots of non-criminal things. It, it, it basically, it basically criminalised like a lot of like, especially young black men standing around absolutely outside. So it grouped in. So like, you could get an ASBO for uh, arson and like assault and stealing, theft and pedophilia, but you could also get one for spitting, rudeness, uh, I think, begging, so they criminalize being a rough sleeper, uh, and uh, intimidation, which they use very uh, laissez-faire, what, was the, what would be the word? Illibri- they, they used it broadly, liberally. They lived it broadly to basically mean uh, anyone that had been codified as intimidating in a kind of... Uh, deeply racist and often classist way so people who wore hoodies would be seen as because they were wearing a hoodie uh as intimidatory and then they were getting asbo for that so the hugger hoodie was in response in a rare 
the conservatives being on the right. But I don't know. I'm about to say they were on the right side of history. But don't worry, they- Tristan. I have <laughs> some more quotes from Danny Kruger that will uh, that will show that they were. They may have been like right in some small way, but fundamentally and substantially, were crazily wrong. Sort of like Matt Hancock unintentionally revoking the ban on grime performances in public venues. Mm. They want you to hug a hoodie, but only if that hoodie is legit supreme. Yeah. <laughs> so this is from a Spectator <laughs> article. This is from a, a Spectator article Danny Kruger wrote justifying the hug a hoodie speech in 2008. Quote, to, oh, and uh, can, we, uh, can we get a little uh, breaking news stinger when I signal for it? Thank you. Today's aristocracy, the elite who make the culture and policy, so no, like, just putting those together, saying that the policymakers and then, like, what, rappers are the same people with the same responsibility, have a similar duty to the aristocracy of Georgian London to provide charity and moral leadership. Um, Uh, how how, uh, how well did Georgian aristocracy do at that? (laughs) Well, they had, they had, um... They had uprightness. That's that's, uh, but- that's true, and uh, very very little grime. Uh- <laughs> and now that that was summarizing the previous paragraph, so that's in square brackets. But most obviously, we need to change the way that people at the very bottom of society are paid, which is true. And then we're going to do the thing where he could have stopped writing there, because he, instead of stopping writing there, he goes on through the drug trade in the welfare state. <laughs> Sorry, uh- fucking uh, Martin Amos. Every every dog in Tower Hamlets just looked up. Just, um, between between them, these things wreck the natural reward system, which without them would incentivize responsibility through simple economics. But the drug trade is simple economics, and it does incentivize. Now, uh, can we please put the breaking news stinger in here? Middle class students and professionals who buy drugs from young black men. I was one of them once. God forgive me. What, dude? Okay. A very ordinary what? sentence to write. <laughs> what? yeah. Wait, what's that? <laughs> cool. I got fucking off my face. Please <laughs> forgive me, God. It was so good. <laughs> I, 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 I used to buy drugs. I'm an MP now. Um, so, whoopsie doodle. Uh, we need to put their vaunted social conscience into practice and stop paying people to be criminals. And politically, we need to reform welfare to promote activity, not passivity. Fatherhood, not just fathering. Uh, and local leadership, uh, woof, not state woof, provision woof, of everything. Woof. We have dog whistles. I'm calling this the pull up your pants act. <laughs> Unconditional, unlimited welfare smothers ordinary responsibility. I, I love the idea of like you have to stop paying people to be criminals, uh, as it being like football. You know, if if you're really a criminal, you just do it for the love of the game. You know. But also, like, when was the last time they had unconditional welfare in this country? It was a long, long time. Ago, uh, never. It? Yeah. I was just yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know it was easier at some point to get unemployment benefits, but like, it's still never been easy. Also, like, what the, what, then, this is what I always say. Okay, well, you say that all these changes need to be made, but what's the policy you're advocating for? And also, why are you jousting with this fantasy version of things? It's like the only true statement that I've gotten here is that if, you, if you're white and you buy drugs when you're young, you can still be an MP if you're a Tory. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's Danny Kruger, who uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that's going to come back to haunt him. Um, it often go- does with these Tory MPs. Yeah, it often you know, does. Remember, they, how- they often see consequences for yeah. the the things they said. Yeah, in their previous done. life. Yeah, and that that really ends so a lot of their careers. Here's another Tory MP who I'm sure will face some consequences for stuff they've said. We're transitioning into the saying some awfully white nationalist stuff oh, uh, no. section of the second I part hate of the transitioning program. Transitioning into that. 
<laughs> Fuck, I forgot I can't use that word. <laughs> Blair White. The MP for Lincoln, Carl McCartney, the MP for Lincoln, apologized during the election campaign for sharing several posts from Tommy Robinson. Okay. I, I, I bet they were just like normal, everyday posts from Tommy <laughs> Robinson. McCartney, who was this Tommy one, Robinson just like, was like, oh, uh, hey guys, what was the uh, one song you used to play when you yeah. were 12 years old? <laughs> 90s kids will remember this. <laughs> Quote tweet with, it, with your what best celebrity What was your craziest encounter. job <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Robinson, just like, describe yourself with the last four images you have saved. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was kind of a thing, wasn't it? Not to interrupt, but didn't you say that? He's saying that Britain first started out by doing, like, animal rights yeah, advocacy. Yeah. And then once they had the Facebook falls, they were like, by yeah. the way, deport all Muslims. <laughs> yeah. They they got like huge tractions because even though they were doing the deportal Muslims thing, they found that they would get most of their follows and shares whenever they used to just post stuff about animal welfare and cruelty. So it'd be like this dog is being beaten up by its owner. Follow if you follow if you would want to see them hang, like hung from the Tower of London. Um, and I've got to say that's a good social strategy, man. Like, yeah, like, like the they should just learn Casper from Casper should, mattresses. No, yeah, <laughs> other way around, Casper should do that. Somebody mm. like beating ca the shit out of a dog on a Casper mattress. You need a I mean, soft mattress when you want to secure the future I mean, this of is white what's children. This is what's going to happen when the right wing grift kind of like slows down, right? Like at some point we're going to see Paul Golding somehow working for him, like, a mattress tech startup. <laughs> so uh, McCartney, who was also the MP between 2010 and 2017, appeared to endorse a Robinson comment which said the government had, quote, made it illegal to expose Asian grooming gangs. He also shared a letter from Robinson which claimed his murder by Isla Islamic prison gangs would spark a revolution. Oh yeah, two things it, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it, the letter read, I was always said I'd sacrifice my life tomorrow if it would end the Islamic takeover of our beautiful land. Uh, Carl McCartney apologized once he was election and once he was elected and no further action was taken. Whoopsie daisy. Whoopsie doodle. Mm. Ah, beans. Yet another this one. This keeps happening for some yeah. weird reason. I don't know about uh, Lee Anderson, who we've actually talked about before, because he's the guy that like planted the uh, fake oh, door yeah, knock yeah, yeah. responder to talk about how he wanted to like <laughs> make um, what like just make minor criminals or like bad tenants or bad employees or whatever wear a pink like fuzzy tutu and basically do David Clark shit. And he wanted people to live in work camps. Basically, he's yeah, a, a homeless the people or like council tenants should be made to live in work camps. Yeah. So. Uh, the Guardian. I don't think he even gave them like it wasn't even going to be a camp. It was just like some like field where they're like forced. Some tents. Yeah. Where, 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 even, where even is he MP for now? Is it what's the constituency? Ashfield. Oh, so, delightful. Uh, the Guardian. Though this is this is not sort of white. This he, now Lee Anderson is not in the white nationalist section. He's just in the idiot section. Mm -hmm. It's just like your dad unintentionally becoming fascist. No, no, yes, or intentionally. Uh, yes, uh, this say. is a your dad thing. Uh, he was um, warned about his conduct by the Tories after posting a comment in Facebook in July 2018 uh, showing a photo of him staring at the chest of a female canvasser in a vest top, captioning the photo with, out with some great knockers tonight in Skegby. <laughs> Roy Chubby Brown, as a commandant, became an MP. That's what why, why is fascism being led by the twin demons of, like, Tommy Robinson and Sid fucking James? Yeah. I mean... I if, if fascism in Britain was always going to be Benny Hill fascism, that's just oh, yeah, what, that's what it's become. Yeah, it's, uh, it's basically he's like th he is his politics were made by the Sun, but specifically Page Three. Mm. That's where we are. <laughs> um, so little I, captions in, in news on and the, briefs. The, yeah, where it would always be like, oh, someone's left the superglue out. 
when uh, someone's touching stuff. I used to work in print. Okay, that used to be the funniest <laughs> caption. <laughs> well, when the- someone's holding like a wall, they're posing against the wall. The caption right would say, "Someone's left the super glue out." Oh, so it's like they're glued to the wall. That's oh, a yeah. Pornhub category. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> stepsister glued to wall, dressed as Navi. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to go back. I'm going to dip back into the Why would uh, the she white. Be dressed as an Irish railway worker. <laughs> so um, I, was, I just think that that's so great. Where it's just like it's just uncle sexuality. Or it's just like just like the it's the it's the kind of sexual expression of just an uncle who gets a little too drunk at a family gathering and I makes didn't everyone quite uncomfortable. Understand the reference? I thought you were saying dressed as a character from Avatar or something like that's that. What I that was too. what that's I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so uh, here we're going to go back into the white nationalist section or white makes white nationalist statement section. Sally Ann Hart, who's the new Tory MP for the marginal seat of Hastings. Was she Sabrina? Melissa Joan Hart Um, Yeah, so shared a video with an image Implying that George Soros controls the European Union Uh, And then liked it Tropes, tropes Then liked liked a Nazi slogan on Facebook Tropes And then liked a comment left underneath the video that said Ein Reich, a Nazi slogan Tropes Normal I don't know if that's a trope. That's not a trope. No, no, we're just everything is just a trope now. Like we, we, (laughs) we, we, we've we've reduced everything down to that level, and it's staying there. This is trope. One of the tropes of being fascist is liking things Uh, that say like if you are possibly unintentional anti-Semitic trope of being an anti-Semite. Um, the Conservative Party has launched an inquiry into the post, which was then later expanded after Hart endorsed a blog post by an anti-Islam activist claiming Muslim organizations are trying to brainwash young Americans. Oh, was it Pam Geller? Um, I don't know. Probably. And then, I assume. And then at an election hosting said that people with learning disabilities should be paid less than a minimum wage because they don't understand money. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. All those things that we thought were like going to sink these candidates and then they won. Yeah. Uh, she said her comments <laughs> had been taken out of context, but apologized for causing offense. So I'm sorry that when I was all over that Nazi shit on Facebook, that you got offended mm-hmm. for doing tropes. Yeah. So these are the these are the really miserable ones. I want to go on to the more fun ones now. Uh, the like just <laughs> just like wild people <laughs> who have just done some like wild west business shit. Aaron Bell, a TV game show fanatic who won Krypton Factor in 2009 and then was part of the team that won Only Connect. He read, pa- P- he read PPE at Oxford and is passionate about urban regeneration and cracking down on antisocial behavior. What the fuck is a Krypton Factor? The Krypton Factor. What, the what? Never heard of it. The what? What? It was just a game show. I find it like quite distressing that if you've ever had to spend time watching the kind of daytime game show kind of stuff, and you kind of you get invested in these people doing well, mm. you know, as as kind of vicarious. Well, you're not doing well often if you're sat at home and you want someone else to succeed in the world. Yeah, you get you're very watch- pointless or whatever. Yeah, you, you're like, I hope this guy gets enough. He wants to take his mum on holiday, or he wants to buy that thing. And if he just does it, I, I can experience that victory through. But actually, those people might be going on to being the very people who are imposing sanctions on you. In a later life, they win with their money from Only Connect or whatever it is, and the Krypton factor. In fact, Tristan, uh, he won twenty five thousand pounds on Deal or No Deal, which then allowed him to put a deposit down on a house. So that must have been what, like twenty years ago, when that would have been a deposit on a house. So you're basically watching the origin story of the people who are in 
a few years down the line, they're going to come fuck you. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Game shows are re- a real problem. However, having my home office application rejected by Arthur Chu. (laughs) Um, So here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is not the funny bit about this guy. The funny bit about this guy is that he made his career working for uh, Bet365, but then set up a financial technology firm which employs more than 40 people in the constituency. Now, here's the thing. This is an article from uh, The Telegraph or The Spectator. So they don't say what the financial technology firm is. However, this is Trash Future, and I always do a little bit more research than they do. I found out what the financial technology firm is. Are we ready to hear about it? Oh, yeah. The firm was called Divide By, and they offer 0% interest consumer purchase financing. Oh, good. Or loan shock. Yeah, or a loan shark. Uh, that's, yeah, that's a. I guess I I feel like everyone who's sort of involved in like online gambling has a side hustle that is a loan shark. Mm. <laughs> like that's the only thing I'm, that sort of makes sense. Uh, the, right? the only yeah, thing that's surprising money. me is that this isn't dumber. Like I'm I'm surprised that it is actual online gambling and not like Counter Strike skins oh. gambling. No, no. So just just to be clear, Bet three six five was his job, and then he set he helped set up uh, Divide Buy. Mm. These are two separate entities. I see. And so divide by, basically it allows you to um, finance the purchase of anything. But usually it's used for like couches or whatever. It's essentially a higher purchase platform so you can do higher purchase without going to a higher purchase company. A higher purchase is, of course, one of the most um, evil, destructive, and unsustainable forms of credit ever. Yeah. You you get your stuff repossessed. Uh, Yeah. Cool. So what was the game show he won? Uh, he won Deal or No Deal. Uh, he also was on the team that reached the final of University Challenge and Krypton Factor. That's statistically and also only unlike- That's improbable. There's gotta be- Someone's got to look into this. <laughs> um, and calling- with that money, he set up a payday loans company. With that money, he bought himself a house, and then he helped set up uh, basically what appears to be a higher purchase firm. Uh, and I've read some of the co- reviews of them. One review goes... They only know how to pressurize and harass people. Another review goes, I've made nearly 89 phone calls uh, to, to divide by to amend my payment from $139.99 to $99.99 as the initial item was out of stock. Unfortunately, it's been nearly five months and the issue hasn't resolved as of yet. So it seems like they're also deeply incompetent. And that's like part of it, which is you just, you, you basically get people into these agreements and then you administer them poorly. And then he created boom. 40 loan shark jobs in his yeah. constituency, all right? And you need to respect the entrepreneurial. <laughs> oh, Lord. I like that. It's just if people, when that Chris Tarrant bit on like Who Wants a Millionaire, uh, where it's just like, what are you going to use the money for? And they always say something heartwarming. If people were just kind of upfront, like, I want to subjugate people, I want to use the money to uh, basically perpetrate misery on, on, on a. Uh, a great deal of people watching this at home and then later life I'm going to parlay my success into becoming an MP who's going to perpetuate these kind of cycles even further. I feel like that would add a bit more jeopardy to kind of... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you, may, you may not realize it, but by giving me this prize, you've, you've invested a great deal in cuntishness. Yeah. Right? <laughs> this will pay dividends in the future. You have, you have begun a process that will, e- that will end with some nonsense in Parliament. Because that's the bit on like the chase. You never want the chasers to win because you're like, oh, come on. The quiz people don't need to beat this little guy, the, the, the person from home. Mm. If it was like Paul the Beast 
against someone who really wants Aaron Bell. Yeah, yeah then you, that... you've got to vet these people better. We need pre-crime, but for game show participants. Yes. <laughs> there needs to be like a little thing that comes out, like that tells you what fucking evil shit they're about to do. So, uh, I'm going to go on to the next one. Stuart Anderson, a former soldier and new MP for Wolverhampton Southwest. Five years ago, he received an illegal dividend of, from a security firm he founded called Anubis Associates. It was a hotel. Which, <laughs> which, went, <laughs> which is a white hotel, which went into in administration owing 271,000 pounds in back taxes. Hmm. The firm, which was supposed to train security guards... Um, was wound up, but then it was noted that, it, that Anderson had given himself 54,000 pounds in unlawful dividends on the basis of future, future profits, which were never taken. He later repaid only 2,000, which was ruled lawful by the courts on the ground that paying any more might bankrupt, um, might bankrupt Stuart Anderson. F fun fact, if you have ever been bankrupt- If you're bankrupt, rich, this country's plush. Well, yes, but also if you've ever been bankrupt, you can't be an MP. Uh, so yeah, that worked out well for him. Yeah. Super lame niche recursive joke, but you could say this is the first time that HMRC was hollering about the Anubis. <laughs> <laughs> like three people are going to get that, but God damn it, I will aim for it. At the time of the election, he also ran another startup called E-Travel Safety, which actually received half a million pounds from the EU through a regional development fund. We don't know how much of this money he subsequently paid to himself in dividends. Yeah, it's just weird that uh, as soon as he got elected, Wolverhampton South started to see construction of a giant pyramid using a system of <laughs> corvée labor. Um, so I thought that that was that was very funny. Again, just just like just like real. Real sort of dodgy builder energy. Yeah, but also, I, I'm, I, I like the Hotep thing. I like the idea that this guy's campaign literature was like, vote for Stuart Anderson and he will propel the chariot of the sun god Ra across the sky every day. <laughs> um, I want to go with the last one, though, and I saved the last one. That This is the best for last. Jamie Wallace. So Jamie Wallace is reported to have resigned as a director of a firm called Quickie Divorce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, that's like pure. That's pure like Tory home counties energy, right? Well, there. it's the, it's that's not pure Tory home counties energy. It's pure new intake Tory MP from the Midlands energy. We are going just yeah. like the Instagram Tory is a new kind of Tory, mm. and it's going to take shape over time. Yeah, like the American version of this would be like boat dealership scams. But like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, we have it's everything here is more dismal, and so now it's going to be like quickie divorce. Um, There's like more to this as well, from what I remember. Oh, oh, oh! There is Hussein. So he resigned uh, within days of winning Bridge End, but his name is still listed by Companies House as having a controlling interest in more than seventy-five percent of the firm. Why does this now, keep happening? Why between the, this and Donald Trump? Why is the defining thing of our era insane grifters winning things they never expected to and finding that it screws them out of their own beautifully perpetrated scams. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably, uh, maybe that's the... And, and why do they maybe always get... Maybe the DMT they, thing? Yeah, and, and why do they all get away with this? Uh, it's a DMT thing for sure. We're all, we've all died a while ago and we're sharing uh, a dream. Yeah. So... One of the recommended resources listed on cleanbreakco.uk, a website run by Quickie Divorce Limited, was to Sugar Daddy Introduction. Now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, 
It said that Sugar Daddy was a trusted introduction service that can, quote, introduce you to your very own Sugar Daddy and solve your money worries. Okay, so the address was... <laughs> very funny. Uh, it has ceased trading. Oh, God damn um, it. <laughs> sorry, Alice. Mm. Uh, so, despite the... Re- now, this is also reported by BuzzFeed. Wallace told BuzzFeed News that he had nothing to do with the Sugar Daddy site. However, <laughs> however, the site was run by a company controlled by a former director of Quickie Divorce Limited. So he's still like seven degrees of separation or whatever. Less than that. Like he is one? one of the daddies on the website. <laughs> he's, he's, he's aware of who the daddies are. He, he's yeah. the sugar he may be supplier. One himself. Yeah. Yes. It's like, yes, Mars may need moms, but Earth needs daddies. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically the Midlands. Um, gonna, have, gonna, have to, gonna, South have Wales. To, gonna have to bring this back up again when Ollie's on South next. Wales. South Wales. F- fucking up UK geography I'm not again, from here. Really. <laughs> um, so Bridge oh, End there's, has, a, there's a very yeah. unique climate in Bridge End where you can like, <laughs> develop the best kind of lock. The, br- the Bridge End sugar daddy is a cursed <laughs> idea. Like, that's up there. We've had wellness thatcher, but Bridge End sugar daddy is. <laughs> God, there's so many new types of guy the, coming the, out of the, like. The two genders. To- yeah. <laughs> we are absolutely going to find so I, many types of new guy. I can't quite envision the bridge and sugar daddy but i know what the bridge and sugar daddy drives yeah i was gonna say that mm. it's an old audi right yes yes <laughs> yes got it i fucking got it in one absolutely it's an old audi um and this bridge bridge and sugar daddy he always wears a, a blazer but he's quite fat and <laughs> wears a very loud colored striped shirt three buttons undone yes he doesn't want to make the like the jump to a, like a double-breasted jacket but no. he probably should oh my goodness this guy i can see it so clearly in my mind mm. I, as though it is be- as though i'm getting a vision from anubis <laughs> um they go to like the one fancy restaurant in like the area which is like where people go on quote unquote posh dates, but he has like the kind pizza of VI- Express. the VIP uh, room. They, no, no, it's, they, not, they it's never pizza. Yeah. So, it, so in every it's, a, ta- it's one of the front businesses that we talked about earlier. The I mean, obvious front. I mean, I think all restaurants are front businesses anyway. Um, but I would kind of say, like, based on kind of my sort of primal knowledge of like small towns, there's always like one like unique restaurant. Geno's. Right? Or like. Or no, it's called. It's usually depending on what era it's from. It will yeah. be called something like unique, but it'll be U N I and really I with a line and, over it and K. It, and it'll be like a gastro pub. It'll yeah. basically it'll be a glorified gastro pub, but like you'll have like a special section where like if a guy is trying to make up make up like with their wife because their wife caught their Pornhub history, like he'll take her there. Yeah. And that's where I think the funny thing like, is in my hometown in Carmel, Indiana, we have one of those. It's literally <laughs> in the former Carnegie Library. Like the library cradle closed down and this guy bought it and turned it into a gastropub. Yeah, oh, yeah. And so it's we, we were talking cursed. about two different kinds of restaurant. I'm talking about a sleek restaurant that's very that has very low lighting and like all very black and shiny and glossy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about somewhere like the botanist. And you're right. The bridge end sugar daddy loves the botanist. Um, my, every every restaurant is a front. That's that's my that's my take. My uh, knowledge of South Wales, growing up there, born and bred. Uh, <laughs> the the big restaurants would always be these carveries that are on the side of like the flyover motorway as you leave town. Yep, Tristan, could, Tristan just embarrassed us with the obvious correct answer. He's that's ta- where he goes. He's taking an eighteen year old like um, aesthetics student 
like esthetician beauty student to the carvery. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Love a harvester oh. sugar daddy. I th- but yeah, you were saying before, there's a, well, so many of these MPs that have basically become MP by mistake. Yeah. They just kind of did it for like, to like show how many votes they took off Labour. Show how popular but not they win. were. Yeah. To like run it yeah. close and be able to brag about it and then yeah. accidentally won. Who was the one that took Laura Pidcock's seat? Who his wife, I think, burst into tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the they were like, they found out they had to move to Durham. <laughs> <laughs> and that was never a reaction. Yeah. yeah. We have to go buy the dungarees, man. Yeah. That's okay. one for the real head. So b- back to Wallace. So basically, in a statement, Wallace said that sugardaddy.net, so it was .net as well, <laughs> uh, was registered in 2004 and ceased operations in 2012 and was owned and operated by a company named SD Billing Service Limited. And then he says something very specific. I have never had a financial interest nor been a director of SD Billing Services. SD Billing Services was dissolved in February last year and its director was a guy called Adrian Hill, who is also a director of Quickie Divorce. Okay. There it is. So it's just it's just friends. It's just a bunch of guys who are friends. Damn coincidences. And they just love their friends who like identify as limited companies. Br- Which in Bridget's, many ways is is the third gender. Bridge and sugar daddies and their like various car keys and bowl friends. Uh <laughs> I feel like what's really interesting about this is just like the kind of when we think when we kind of think about like revital like all these kind of uh like you know, this whole this whole idea of like everyone being a business owner and This uh, is the Northern Powerhouse. Right. I, I, I feel like I've, I've kind of like lost in my words, but I think you've, you've kind of got it, Alice, which is what, what they really want is for loads of kind of quickie divorce services to open up as limited companies in, um, in the North. Yes. Yes. All of these are like small be. businesses that are going to get like entrepreneurial tax relief and like tie yeah. down like, uh, uh, like a couple of shops somewhere maybe. And like help prop up a dead high street until six months yeah. later the economy implodes. Or six months later they get like a visit from Pod Save America, yeah, asking like whether they'd be interested in sponsoring another podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, to close this out because we've been going for a while, I have the actual text from SugarDaddy.net. <laughs> so it's very funny to me that TLD is .net. <laughs> um, SugarDaddy.biz. Uh, we can introduce sugardaddy.gov now. Sugardaddy.mil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's sh- sugardaddy.gov is what diff it is now. We can introduce you to your very own <laughs> sugar daddy. One if he promised everyone a sugar daddy, like promised everyone a sugar daddy or a sugar baby. Uh, we can introduce you to your very own sugar daddy and solve your money worries. Whether you're a boy, girl, straight, or gay, there's a sugar daddy for you. Well, it, it, inclusive at least. Yeah. Uh, all our sugar daddies Wait, are rigorously hold on. vetted. It, 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 you're a gay girl, and there's a sugar daddy for you. Uh, yeah. Cool, I guess. What's that? No, sugar daddy. This is the one thing I'm willing to concede to them, which is that sugar daddy is another type of guy which is not gendered. That's true. Yes. Uh, so all our sugar daddies are rigorously vetted to verify their suitability and trustworthiness. <laughs> I hate when I have rigorous. to get my fucking disclosure to be a sugar daddy. <laughs> my DBS to like. Yeah. Sending in your bank statements. And- yeah. uh, if you, pro- if you provide the companionship they require, they promise to provide the support you need. Are you a student, a single parent, or just short of money? Thousands of wealthy executives, international businessmen, and diplomats <laughs> are eager to sponsor you through these difficult times. 
<laughs> I'm just thinking about all the rich fucking consular officers in Bridgeport. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I don't know a lot about South Wales, but I get the impression that there's not a lot of roving executives and diplomats. Uh, there's a few ambassadors. I mean, yeah. Yeah. so wait, wait, what is like the the foreign secretary just signing up to uh, fucking to sugar daddy yeah, no, some no, people no, from Bridgend? Bridgend sugar daddy is an ambassador in the sense that he like will provide you with an edible arrangement of Ferrero Rocher, but. <laughs> Oh my god. Wealthy executives, international businessmen, and diplomats. That reminds me of like the carbon fiber fidget spinner that justified itself as existing because like even even international CEOs use fidget spinners. The international and international businessman is doing so much that. work. These are all the people who are interviewed in like those uh newspaper articles about Flybee going bankrupt that are like, <laughs> yeah, I have to fly to uh, like Rotterdam once a week for some reason to I go from Leicester to Bridgend yeah, to, to exactly. visit the person I am the sugar daddy to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I work, I, I at, I work at the business factory and I fly there every week. I mean, this was this. This that's the thing. This copy was clearly written by someone who's just who's just like, all right, what's a rich thing? Yeah, how what percentage of real actual jobs do you think exist as like convoluted jokes and pranks? Because I feel like that's all of these people's jobs. Uh, so, total discretion and anonymity is guaranteed. Sugar Daddy has been a trusted introduction service for over 10 years. Our service is not illegal. <laughs> my, my, my not involved in human trafficking landing page is raising a lot of questions that are answered by my landing page. Interested in improving your financial position? Start securing your financial future now by completing a short, easy-to-use, non-intrusive questionnaire, and we'll provide you with a choice of prospective sugar daddies. No money, no commitment. It's it's actually the plural is sugar's daddy. Oh man, it's just that th this welcome. That's, that's welcome that's to our new overlords. That's the entrepreneurial spirit that's going to rescue Britain. Yep. Mm. Well, welcome to twenty-first century oh, Britain. It's open for business. It's going to be everyone's going to have a sugar daddy and a sugar baby, and all those people identify as limited companies, and they'll all also run their own sugar daddy <laughs> services that will pivot to mattress like consumption. I, I, Everyone also sort of like develop a magazine that comes mm. out of that. Well, it will I mean, last for a short when period When you of time. want to have illicit trysts somewhere out after you have your carvery date, you want to have a comfortable mattress. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot fucking wait for the like, Ladies love sleeping on a very yes, comfortable mattress the, for a very short the, period the deal, of time. The deal with the EU, the new trade deal, is going to get held up for 15 years because it turns out that the only thing that we still trade in this country is dogging accessories <laughs> <laughs> it's just dogging accessories and various kind of like like things that are a lot like payday lending but not legally payday lending <laughs> yeah and just tommy robinson letters and <laughs> there we go just, any politician who says we're better than this is lying yeah it's like the the notion of being someone that uh, adjacent to some sugar daddies who may or may not be, you know, diplomatically, and then they go into government as a as a Tory MP, where of course you could you could rebrand the state, the welfare state, as a sort of elaborate sugar daddy scheme, mm. and then maybe rich people would be a lot more comfortable, you know, if the idea they were being financially dominated somehow <laughs> by. <laughs> By welfare claimants. Listen, look, though it, it we, we are cancelled though because you know if you operate 
uh, a sugar daddy website, you are a sex worker, and that means we cannot criticize you. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Uh, man, that's, this is, this is, this has been a tough episode to do. <laughs> it's, I'm feeling, I'm feeling real bleak after this one, folks. Mm. Do you remember the, um, the picture that came out? My favorite of the things that we thought were going to sink Tory candidates before the election of Richard Drax, uh, which fucking Bond villain ass name. Great name. Uh, Great name. Uh, I'd vote just for the name. Yeah. Uh, having his like branded uh, Land Rover Defender, of course, parked across two uh, disabled parking spaces. Yes. Yes. I remember this. Yes. Yeah. And he won. Well, okay. So, yeah, that's. Here's the, here's the thing. Look, right. This is. I'll, I'll end this on a slightly serious note. We, we say, why do these people keep getting sw- charlatans, keep getting swept into power? It's because they've spent the last, what, 30 years creating a reactionary social movement among people who don't understand the difference between a post and an advertisement, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why. Because, and, and th- we, there was a, an announcement in... Um, today that like the journalists have met with all the new MPs and they're all very ambitious for how much infrastructure spending Boris Johnson's going to do in their constituencies and how oh, I don't think our constituencies will return another Tory if you don't spunk a bunch of money on roads in the in the Midlands or South Wales or whatever and it's like no a massive social movement has swept these people into power and they have a massive social movement that continues to exist the parties of the center left in the last 30 years, specifically discouraged social movements from existing to support them at all. Mm. And so we've tried to rebuild one in what? Four Four years. Four years? And and it hasn't worked, so we're owned, and we should not try that anymore. We should just go back to being the the party that tries to, like, perpetuate itself. Yes, exactly. Well, also, yeah, the focus on individuals, like that, the hubris of Change UK thinking or or the defectors that people care about mike gapes or uh Chuck- we, we, we care yeah we care, yeah, about we care but passionately like, people people don't mike know gapes, that their mp daddy. yeah it's oh, a sugar no, daddy, no, no, oh, milk no. daddy. <laughs> sorry Fuck. tristan please carry yeah, on it's like no one gives a shit about like they they, they don't care that uh you know chuck ramon is this guy who uh may or may not be you know, involved in any kind of nefarious activity around the Streatham area, but they do care <laughs> about like just being like, I've, I'm going to take X next to the Conservative pie, and by the byproduct is you end up with like the fucking coughing major in government. Yeah. Uh, how, how many of these people's uh, constituents know their MP's name? Oh, none. Absolutely none. Uh, except the one who, except all the constituents who like really hate that guy who like does all the higher purchase shit. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and, you have yeah. to be like, yeah, detested. Yeah, in even your then, area, they, even though they just tick next to the C. And like, I bet here, and here's one more, one more thing, right? Um, none of these people individually, none of them matter. None of this matters. None of these scandals will mean anything. We're making fun of them because it's fun, yes. but this is politically meaningless. This, this is not a material analysis. No, exactly. Well, no, because I mean, like, if you try to win on the idea, like, aren't these hypocrites bad hypocrites? Like, everyone knows they're hypocrites. That's the thing. Like, I don't know. I just, I have maybe a darker view on it because so many people tried to play this argument that in the U.S., for example, that this all of the norms violations were somehow going to add up to people choosing to not elect Donald Trump. And I don't even think Donald Trump is going to lose re-election because people love Donald Trump is inspires this belief that he just has superhuman powers 
And it's when it becomes that level of belief, when you have that social movement, even if it's just like lead poisoned people on Facebook, they'll still vote Republican or conservative no matter what. Do you think that in his day, Hitler was as big a dipshit, an obvious dipshit as Trump was? And in 50 years, we're going to get documentaries about the dark charisma of Donald Trump. <laughs> he he, oh he just like a bunch of like ancient people being like to try to justify their own participation in genocide being like i don't know when when we saw him it was like he just he his oratory he just held us all wrapped <laughs> well people do already do this about like tony blair Fuck, i feel like, right. like th this idea that he was like this like insane oh, he was a laughable he, dipshit he just, yeah he was yeah. just a technocrat guy that got made fun of every listen, day on know, every I, listen you, you know it's it's very you know Oh man! Uh, do, well, yeah, do he not get, miss he gets, that guy. He gets cast as as Britain's Obama as this like once in a generation charismatic politician, uh, all because like yeah, he just didn't he didn't get owned repeatedly in the right wing press because he did all the stuff they wanted. Yeah. So okay, fine. Anyway, but that that's just a sort of a, a little a little note to note that like it's not like we're discovering stuff that's going to make a political difference. It doesn't matter that one guy. There's like no point fucking, in you no. listening to any of the the last half an hour. <laughs> yeah, if you can go back in time and unlisten to it. But no, li listen also, to this in your sleep, like you're learning another language. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also, I must cut us off now because we are we've gone very long again. So uh, it only falls to me to say, Tristan. Thank you very much for coming out today. Thank you for inviting me. And where can people find you online should they require a good person to follow on Twitter or... Uh, Tristan Dross. Follow. RT. Keep going. Like, share, and subscribe. Oh, and also, for all, your, for all of your... Um, for all of your freelancing, writing, design, and other consultancy needs, you should speak to Tristan because unlike all the businesses we talked about today, uh, he actually does something. He can he can like do some really amazing stuff to your mattress as well. Yeah, I do whatever. I'm a hard gun. You're a sugar daddy. Yeah, yeah. I can I can be sugar daddied. I can I can do whatever. Just get in touch. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, also our our theme tune is by Jinsang. It's called Here We Go. You can check that out early. Check that out often on Spotify. Also check Milo, who's not here right now. Check his the link in our show notes for his tour dates, which are upcoming because there are some. And we're getting closer and closer towards our own live show in Bristol for Bristol Transformed. Uh, yes, we are going back to Bristol Transformed. We will Formed. be there. Formed. We will do it again. Merchant Ventures Redux. Date, date <laughs> will be firmed up later, but it is in early March. We will be, we will be going to Bristol Transformed, Formed, Formed, and we will be praying to the head, head, hair and toenails of Edward Colston. <laughs> Yikes. It's a um, deep cut. Look out for game stream announcements coming soon. G games will happen. Yes, we're going to play games. Anyway, uh, oh, also, this is a free episode, so if you don't want us to have to get a bunch of like Ashton Kutcher's money through Casper, uh, do make sure to sign up on the Patreon, five bucks a month. I, I want us to play on the stream, I want us to play like original Halo against the Romaniacs. <laughs> okay, yes, that also is fun. Uh, we will do that at some point, have like a tournament to see who wins the left. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Yep. Later. Bye.